When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, January 10th, only three games on the NHL schedule tonight, but nonetheless, I am pretty excited because there's a bunch of stories going on around the NHL right now. So we'll dig into each of those at the end, after we've previewed all the games, after we've given out our best bets. As well, we'll get into some questions from the chat. So if you do have those, please send them over. But before we can get into today's show, we can recap last night's bets and then give out some picks for tonight. I want to remind everybody that today's show, as always, is sponsored by BetStamp. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp to help you do so. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props, so you can save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. Make sure to download the app today. It is available on iOS, Android, as well as on the web. If you are looking to sign up for a new sports book account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash edgework that's betstamp.app slash edgework it does help support the show if you do sign up for sports book accounts through this link so please continue to help support us here continue to subscribe to the channel as well we're about 63 subscribers away from 2000 we want to get to that 2000 mark so like the stream subscribe to the channel as well as uh sign up at betstamp.app slash edgework it does help support us all right, Moretto, I'm going to go to you first and foremost here. I want to break down what happened last night because I'm obviously really happy with the results. I think everyone across Edgework should be. I think you should be as well, considering you participated in that. Brings our season record to 174, 165, and 4. 343 bets. hitting at a 7.3% ROI right now. We go 5 and 4, but like technically we went 5 and 5. What the hell was up with that $1 for the game parlay that went on there? I saw it briefly when it get logged. I have a bad, bad feeling. I wasn't able to watch the show yesterday. I got a bad feeling that somehow that was associated to me. Am I, am I wrong? I don't know, man. I guess take it up with Jason. I guess you messaged him. You must have messaged him before the show or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but um, sounds like you sent him a message saying lock this in for a full unit, but we only gave you... 0 0.1 uh or 0 0.01 because <laughs> we didn't trust you yeah. and thank god we didn't because uh it's pretty ugly parlay zach i'm not sure what you were trying to pull off there i i, I will take ownership for basically everything that i have and everything that i've done uh on this show very transparent about those but I'm not taking that one. Like, I'm just not taking that one. If Jason's not going to take it, then that one's just going to hold out in the ether, and that one's just going to be a lost $1 that we look back on at the end of the season and say, oh, I wonder how that happened, because it's not on me. It's not on my name. It's not on my tab. I'm not taking that one to the chin. But outside of that, I mean, you had yourself a really good night. You want to take us through it? What happened? Yeah. Um, what was the, I don't know. can't remember what the overall record for the show was yesterday. I think it was still very good. Yeah, so five, um, five, five and four outside of that $1. Oh, one. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up. Outside here. Of the one. So yeah, for me personally, for my bets, it was, um, it was four and one. I had the Kings as well with Matt, which was a loser. Um, but the ducks and flames got home, which was nice. And then the unders in 
Florida St. Louis and Edmonton Chicago both came through. Um, that Florida St. Louis one, we got pretty much the worst goalie news you could get and uh, still were able to get that home. So that was nice. Kind of feel like I'm sure Zach didn't watch the show. I'm sure, you know, after clearly he uh, didn't care to after he missed it yesterday. It was just like, all right, I'm done with these guys. I'm not, why would I watch it back? So thank you for that. But um, we uh, need to hear his parlay get given out on the show. I also, I really did want to bet the under in the, uh, I talked about how I wanted to bet the under in the um, Jets and Columbus game. Didn't end up getting to do that because we didn't get Merzlikens. And uh, of course it goes under as well. So yeah, four and one night, but also like kind of left with, uh, oh, that's that's unfortunate that I didn't uh, didn't play that one. A little bit of regret there. And yeah, Rich, Rich put this in the chat yesterday. He's like, because I was talking about how I wanted to play the under and um, but I said I needed Merzlikens, and Rich said, why not just play the under two and a half in team total for Columbus? Sure. I said, good luck. I don't really look at those markets usually, but yeah, that's a good look. And that was a good call by Rich because that got home very comfortably. Well, so it's in also on top of that, it is a little bit more of a profitable night, obviously, as well. Getting a couple plus money winners there. Anaheim plus 196, uh, Arizona plus 135. On top of that, one of the losers was played Sabres half unit there uh, at the minus 110. Mm-hmm. What happened with the Kings game? Um, I ended up being at the Leafs game there last night, so it was one of the nights I wasn't able to kind of track across every game. Um, I'm seeing Kings Tuesdays are canceled. I saw it in the Edgework chat last night. I'm seeing it in the Edgework live chat right now here. What happened with the Kings? What like Are, are we blacklisting them from the Edgework show now? It's that six in a row, six losses in a row for the Kings, who... Uh... I mean, had a 2 nothing lead going into the third period, and then Pierre-Luc Dubois, minus two. Game gets tied. They lose in overtime. I'm starting to uh, I'm starting to have an admission that I was wrong about Pierre-Luc Dubois. I thought, he'll figure it out. He'll be fine. There's too much talent there. Honestly, it's just, at this point, like, you can't keep making excuses for the guy. This is this is pretty ugly. What he's doing right now is in the yeah. perfect situation on one of the best teams in hockey. Um, and he's playing, like, not necessarily sheltered minutes, but he's not taking on the tough minutes. Like, he's, they have three very capable centers on that roster. He doesn't need to play hard minutes. He it doesn't have the best linemates, granted. But, like, I'm sorry, your, your two should be able to carry a line, uh, especially with the matchups he's getting. It's just been ugly. It's been really ugly. That trade is aging horribly for them. Think of how good they'd be right now if they had Viardi instead. I mean, yeah. pretty pretty rough stuff for uh, for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I hope for his sake he gets it figured out, but this is brutal. Matt, what are your thoughts on – I know we're going to get to the games here and we're going to get to some of these other topics after, but while the Kings are up here, what are your thoughts on Pierre-Luc Dubois, that kind of signing? Obviously, it's only – it's very early into it. Um, but as Murdo said, we kind of had hopes that maybe he would turn it around or the idea that he would turn it around doesn't seem to be happening. All right, if you're the if you're the Kings right now, are you sitting there shaking your head wondering what the fuck you were doing uh, making that trade? Yeah, so I think the best thing Murdo said right there is he's in the perfect situation, right? Like, I don't think you could ask for much more. Like, he was a guy who was drafted, what, third overall, went to Columbus, didn't like it, got out, went to Winnipeg, didn't like it, and they sent him to Southern California to play on a team that should be a contender. And it's like, I remember we talked about this after like their opening night when he looked disinterested against Colorado. It's like, if this guy doesn't show up now playing for a contender, living in LA on a brand yeah. new, I forget how his contract is on hand, but like 
like when eight by he? eight point five, is that what it is? Yeah, like like when will he, right? And it's like I think to some degree this is what he is. He's going to be yeah. streaky. He's going like at some point here he's gonna rebound and have like nine points in five games or something, and everyone's gonna be like, Oh my god, okay, he's back, like it's fine. This is just kind of who he is. Like he's just kind of gonna be when things are going well, he's gonna put up a bunch of points, look great, and when they're kind of struggling like this, he's gonna look like he doesn't really give less of a shit. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think like when you look at it from the Kings, right? Like, I think you had to have known part of that when he came here. Like, I think part of what like you made that trade for is like, okay, even if it is streaky, you need more of that high end skill. You kind of saw them on all those years losing to Edmonton. It's like they just didn't have those top guys that could compete there. So it's like, I don't know. I think if I'm the Kings, like I don't know that I'm necessarily worried about this right now. Like it's middle of January, right? Like I think this is a different Mm -hmm. conversation if this happens in the middle of April. But at the same point, like I don't know. I just think this is kind of who he is. The thing I will say is his game. His game is very much suited for playoffs and. He is a guy who's capable of playing very physical and like, you know, when the game gets tougher like that and when you have to, you know, use a bit more of that size and stuff like that's conducive to the way he likes to play. Um, and so, you know, maybe I mean, we've seen him elevate his game and, and I know it's like you talk about guys like this with attitude problems and stuff like that who try when they want. Normally, you're not going to talk about a guy like that and say he's a playoff player, but like we have seen him elevate his game in the playoffs in the past. So. You know, maybe that's where like having that depth down the middle will really, really show for LA and really help them. Um, again, you're not like hanging your hat on that, but like I can see a case where, you know, he does turn things around when he needs to. And maybe that's where like the trade kind of pays dividends for them. But again, Biardi's doing it all season. Yeah. You know, there's no reason to suggest he can't do it in the playoffs. I kind of would, it would be unreal if those two teams played each other in like conference final or something like that. Um, what the yeah, fuck I mean, is this tweet that went out here, Moretto? I gotta, I gotta ask you about this. What? Something about two K subs, and I'm gonna be wearing a Habs jersey on the stream. <laughs> oh yeah, I just, just, uh, just decided that this morning. <laughs> okay, okay. Make an executive. I'm sorry, did I not run that by you? My bad, my bad. <laughs> no, no, and I, I see that one coming, getting sent that by being like, oh, you, you committed to wearing a Habs jersey, and like, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that I did, but. Um, I mean, you know what, for the, for the good of the show, if we get to 2k subs in the next, I'd rather 10 days, well, that's, we need, I feel like we need about, we need about more. 10k subs for that. <laughs> we need 10k subs wear subs. Jersey. <laughs> if we get to 2000 subs by January, today's when January 20th, I'll do that. But it's it's will not be on a leaf stream. That's the caveat. It will not be on a ga- on a stream where the leaf. No, you're streaming right? a Habs. You're streaming a Habs game. We'll do it. We'll do a Habs yeah. game. All right. So subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the channel. Let's get to 2K. Let's talk about the Habs here tonight. Uh, they do have a game as they go on the road to take on the Philadelphia Flyers. Philly hosting them with a minus 170 at home here tonight. The Habs coming in plus 159. We're seeing a total right now of six on books like pinnacle you can see that under six plus 103 right now it is juiced to the over but you can also find some six and a halfs out there on some other different books right i will go to you first and foremost on this one what are you looking at with the habs here tonight and uh why are we going against the team that we've been on the whole t- uh the whole time with uh with the philadelphia flyers yeah um i mean montreal just like 
bias aside, they continue to play really good hockey. And it's not like I don't necessarily want them to play really good hockey because they're not really going to be in a situation where they make the playoffs. Obviously, the ideal situation for this team is to get a high pick, but they're playing very good. Um, last 12 games now, 48.5% expected goal share at five on five. 49% in all situations, basically identical. Um, and that's with two games in there of 33% and 22% uh, road games against the Stars and Panthers, two of you know the best teams in the league. You're obviously not going to take those out because that's cherry picking. Um, but those teams are not at the Flyers level, obviously. And without those games, the Habs are sitting comfortably over 50% in this stretch. You kind of keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it's just not happening right now. Like St. Louis is doing a very, very good job getting the most out of this team. They're battling every night. doesn't matter if they're going down 2-0, um, you know, conceding goals early. They're coming back. They're always in games. You know, whether they have a big lead and they blow it, they're still showing that resilience to, you know, get the job done like they did against the Rangers the other night. Um, on the other hand, you have a Flyers team where the shoe, the other shoe kind of has dropped. And this isn't the same Flyers team that we were backing so much earlier in the season where now they're kind of playing like the Flyers team we sort of expected them to be coming into the year. And again, it's a smaller yeah. sample size, but so was their hot stretch in the first like three, four months of the season. Also not a big sample size, right? Last 11 games now, 45% expected goal share at five on five. Only four teams are worse over that stretch. Um, they're just not playing very good hockey. And you look at, you know, you look at the weak spot for the Habs and it's the penalty kill. Um, that's where some of the games have kind of got away from them. And that's where, you know, when you back this team, it's kind of like two power play goals against and kind of sewers the bet. Um, in this matchup, it's not really going to be the case where that's like an anchor because the Flyers have basically the worst power play in the league. 10.8% uh, right now, only the Blues are worse at 10.6. Conversely, they have the league's second best penalty kill, um, 86%. So they should be able to neutralize a pretty mediocre Habs power play. So I don't think we'll see many goals on special teams. Basically just condenses this to a five-on-five -five game where neither team is generating a ton offensively, but also not giving up a ton. Um, I don't think either team is really going to be able to dominate here. Just getting this big of a price on Montreal is just too much to pass up. So I'm going to take that. And also just the fact that you're going to probably have to rely on a lot of five-on-five -five goals here against two pretty solid defensive teams with two decent goalies in net. Um, I'm going to take the under as well. So this is a double a double bet for me here. I got uh, under six and the Habs. Uh, double banger there. We'll take plus 150 and Habs, uh, Habs money line. And then the under six plus 103 here in this game. Uh, make sure to shop around because you can see some varying prices there but you can definitely get this one pretty widely available for this habs game so that money line and the under six will recap all of these after we finish the games and before we finish the show here tonight um matt are you, are there any concerns or does this support moreto's argument for the habs here tonight with philly going to be focused uh on the game or are they just going to be <laughs> too busy shaming cutter gotier for leaving so I'll just touch on the game first, and then we'll kind of circle back to Cutter. Um, <laughs> okay. I more or less crossed this game out because I have no idea what's going on in that Philly locker room right now. It's just they could come out when this game's seven nothing, they could come out and just not give a shit. I just I I don't know. Like you see all the comments that came out the other night. Like Kevin Hayes got brought up into this. Like yeah. you see guys like Travis Sanheim talking about it after the game. It's like how do these guys even know about this already? Like you see Torrance going, like he doesn't know who the guy, like it, I, I don't know. And Wouldn't know him from a hurt. hole in the wall. Yeah. A glory like, hole in the wall. Stuff like this. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a family show. Um, 
but this definitely is funny, not this one is definitely not a family show not anymore um <laughs> god damn that threw me off um no but it was funny right because like we see charts say that but he had met yeah the so like he's just trying to like he's going out of his not going out of his way but like he's making it very clear that he wants to take a shot at the kid right and it's like I think Gautier is like completely wrong to do this. We, we don't need to go too far into this. Like, I, I think he just made a terrible choice not to play there. Like, I, I don't really know. Like, I'm obviously not a Philly fan. I don't know what something clearly happened there and it just hasn't come out yet. But I, I don't know what there would have caused him to not want to go. Um, that said, it's very hard to know. It, back to kind of the short term, like, I don't know how focused they are on this game, right? Like things like this, it's either going to bring them together and they're going to just pound Montreal seven to one, or they're just going to not give a shit because they're still focused on Cutter Gautier. Um, I'd say like yeah. the one thing I kind of do hope going into this game is like they got back a pretty good player in Jamie Drysdale, right? Like, Very good player. And and Very he's going to end up being, I think, a fan favorite until. So it's like, I, I do hope, and I know they're really pissed about Gautier. And like, I was getting texts from Flyers fans the other night just to read a few. Like, when Gautier shows up here, crimes will be legal. Philly is thrilled <laughs> to gain another enemy. So it's like that, that's how they, that's how they feel about this. Right. But it's like, I hope they kind of use that. And I hope they like give Jamie Drysdale like a standing ovation when he takes the ice. Right. Like when you're coming in as this kid, right. Like you're coming into a situation where all the fans are pissed. So, like, it's got to be pretty hard on him. So, it's like, I kind of hope that they show him a little bit of love coming in. Um, but no, back, back to the short term. Like, I, I just don't, it's just too high variance for me tonight. I, I would back Montreal or nothing. Yeah. Like, I, I agree. You can't get to Philly behind this price. I just, I have no idea what that, what's going to come out of that locker room tonight. Just not a clue. This is, this yeah. is, you're getting a big price in like a, in what's yeah. essentially going to be closer to a coin flip sort of game, just a 10th tight yeah. coin flip game, right? It's just, I'm not saying that Montreal's going to win, obviously, or that they have a better chance than Philly to win this game, but like they, you know, what the uh, percentages that these odds suggest are just very inaccurate. No, I agree. Yeah. I, it, it's absolutely Montreal nothing. It was just a game that I have no interest in actually being involved in, other than kind of watching it. So I just think it would be kind of interesting to see how the Flyers come yeah. out after all of this last couple of days, because the drama the other night was amazing. I and I mean, Kevin from Hayes my perspective, like, that part was great. That was pretty funny. Yeah. But I mean, from my perspective, I also liked how Philly handled it. I don't think there's anything wrong with the kid not wanting to be there. I think the big thing for him was how he handled that whole thing of not meeting with them, wouldn't talk to them, like that kind of stuff. Like, I, I don't know. You you have the right to do whatever you want to do, but you were also drafted by them. They do have your, they do own your rights. At some point here, you kind of have to be mature and like, a professional and kind of just say, Hey, I'm not going to play here and then put an end to it. It's not mm -hmm. like, like, I, I don't know. It's not like they did you any wrong here or anything. It doesn't seem like that. Anyways, we haven't heard anything from the flyers or him or agents or anything that would suggest that it just seems like, Hey, I don't want to play for the flyers. That's fine. Just have some balls and say it like, just tell them, sit down and say, I'm not going to play for your organization. Done. They obviously got the idea that you weren't going to, you refused to meet with them, but I just didn't like that handling. And then from the Flyers perspective, it's like you guys said, like, I really like Drysdale. I think that's a good piece coming back. I also like the culture that they kind of have instilled here. Like 
the way that they handled it was very much on brand with just Philly and Philly fans as a whole. They're kind of like, you don't want to play here. Fuck you. You're not going to play here. Like, get the hell out the door. Like, you saw Keith Jones in the interviews. He said that. You saw John Tortorella in the interview in the post game. He effectively said that. Um, And I like the Cutter Gauthier. Like, I don't know who that guy is from a hole in the wall. And then he goes on and he said, we're talking about Jamie. He's the one coming here. Like, I, I just kind of like that, how that hand was handled by Philly. I like still going there. Um, the kid has the right to not go there if he doesn't want to, but I think it was a pretty, truthfully, I think it was a pretty pathetic way to handle the whole thing. You could have just said, even sent them, sent them a text. I don't even care. Send them a text. I'm not going to play for you. But he just cut off communications and wouldn't do it. I think that that's, I, that's pretty immature. I think when they flew out, I think the worst part for me is the fact that like Briere and Jones flew out to Sweden to meet right. and he wouldn't even respond to them he wouldn't yeah. contact he wouldn't contact them back like the agent wouldn't contact them back like like what that to me yeah. is just like what the hell are you doing getting a guy like that off your team is a win in itself like that's what people 100%. don't like people like that's just getting a guy like that off your team is a win that's it it's the same thing and we can talk about this agra stuff later but like it's the same thing with that like you just you don't want a guy like that playing in your organization, plain and simple. And Drysdale's a fantastic player, and that was a great return for them. And I think that's going to work out really well. You can never have too many high-end defensemen. Hopefully, Drysdale can stay healthy at this point and be a key contributor for them. Because if he is able to stay healthy on stay on the ice, then like, look, this trade's a win for them. I don't yeah. care how what go yeah. go change up turning out to be. He doesn't want to be there. Fuck him. Get rid of him. That's it. Plain and simple. Yeah. You don't need him there. And I mean, yeah. like. Just kind of going back to why, right? Because that's kind of what everyone's trying to figure out is why Why does he want to do this? Like, Flyers have a decent young core, a decent prospect pool coming up. Like, I think everyone's mind kind of goes to Tortorella. Like, what kid who's not even going to be in the NHL until maybe the end of this year, more likely next season, like, you're not doing this over a coach during a rebuild. Like, you're not. Like, the coach may be gone in a year or two, right? Like... I don't think that is it. Like, to my knowledge, like, I, I just don't know what's going on. Like, if there's something in the locker room, if there's someone there he doesn't want to be, like, I, I just don't know. But I think a lot of people, like, and the first reaction that everyone has is like, oh, he whined his way to Anaheim. Like, he had no idea where the hell he'd be going. Like, the Flyers tried to send him to Winnipeg. Like, it, it's not, right. it's obviously not, like, location-based. It's just, like, it's a very weird situation all around. And just, like, cutting off contact part is just, like, there's something there's something here that I hope kind of one of the reporters I think kind of figures Mike out. Mike said in the um I think it was the other way around. I think he wanted to leave school and he wanted to leave school and Philly, it would have like with the bonuses and stuff like that, they would have had to pay him. It would have put them over the cap. So they wanted him to return back to school. And I think they made him go back to school. But like hmm. I mean, that's the best really place for him trying- to be this year, anyways. Well, yeah. A, I agree. And B, are you really, if that's the case, that's why you're not contacting the front office? Like, I just can't figure out what the reason is for not contacting. But, like, I'm just yeah. trying to it, It's like pissy elementary school, that. like, schoolyard drama. You, you won't talk to the kid because he didn't invite you to play basketball with him at lunch. Like, I, I don't know. I think it, I think it was just I, poorly handled. I don't know where the sense of entitlement comes from from a lot of these guys, but I don't and care to me, have this guys is, like that on my yeah. team. And like everybody compares this to the, to talk about the Rangers, because why not? To Jimmy VC, to Adam Fox, to Kevin Hayes. Like, this isn't that, right? Like, 
he he's not a he's not a free agent and he like those guys could pick really where they wanted to go like he's just not that fox i guess is a little different but like he i don't know you look at those and it's like those guys kind of went to situations where they knew they would be able to play like fox wasn't going to be playing in carolina like they had 60 or he set like Gauthier would crack Philly's lineup today, right? Like, so I just, I don't know. This whole thing was very weird to me. Yeah. Also, like I saw the, I saw in the chat here, Connor saying he didn't, he also didn't want to play for Philly because he grew up rooting for the Pens. Bro, you're in the NHL. Who cares? I had this conversation last night as well. My roommate is a Habs fan and he asked me, he's like, if you got drafted by the Habs, would you have, would you be pissed off and like not want to play there? Like, dude, if I got drafted to the NHL, I would have walked up there, put that jersey and the hat on, and been the happiest human being in the world. Like, I wouldn't care where I got drafted. The only thing that would ever bother me is if there was, like, not a path for me to play. And then then yeah. I would take a look and be like, okay, well, maybe this is going to be kind of fucked, or I'm going to be in the minors for way too long here, whatever. But, like, that would be the only way I would go about it and not be happy with my situation. I, I completely agree. Like, you're in the NHL. I'm in the NHL, man. That's that's where you want it to be. Uh, I mean, you're also talking about the Habs, like the best organization in in professional sports. So, I mean, obviously, you'd be happy to be drafted there. Come on. I'm sorry. Is this the team that can't even lose correctly right now? (laughs) It's just too good, man. They're just too good. I don't know what you want. They're going to get another two points tonight for us. And uh, that's it. Two-one win. People are calling the Habs the New York Jets of football. They can't even take correctly. The drive for ninth. (laughs) So the, uh... <laughs> at least you're not gonna do like the miss the playoffs by one point that the Leafs did every every year. The, the for, drive like, for nine years. Yeah. That was the <laughs> yeah, drive yeah. for ninth. They did the like, drive for ninth I, I don't place think, in the East. I don't think you're gonna be in that. So I think you'll be okay. I think it'll level itself out. Uh all right. We got two more games here tonight. We thought the games are gonna go quick. Apparently not. Uh the Dallas Stars hosting the Minnesota Wild. Dallas minus one eighty four, Minnesota plus one seventy here. A total of six and a half. Matt, what are your thoughts on this game where this big number is coming in on Dallas right now? We obviously talked earlier in the week, especially with so money there, about how this coaching bump has kind of felt like it's gone away here now with John Hines and the Minnesota Wilds. Uh, is that kind of part of the reason that this number is getting to the point that it is right now? Is this just Dallas being that good? What are your thoughts on the side in total right now? Yeah, I mean, Minnesota just can't score other than the night that we all had, you know, Columbus and the under. Like, they, they just can't score goals. Um, and I think this total is still too high. Like I played under six and a half minus one twenty this morning. Like I played something very similar the other night when these two teams played, like, except now you're going to get fire alarms in Zach's room. Um, <laughs> so now you're going to get probably Wedgwood tonight, I would think. Um, no, I just, I, I don't know how you can have Minnesota games with the total this high right now. Like, I, I just don't like, I, I think flurry should, should be decent. Like, I, I can't get to this. I thought this should have been like a flat six. Um, so yeah, I'll happily take the under. All right, I think I'm good. Um, we'll take the we'll take the under six and a half there, minus one fifteen. Um, Moretta, what are your thoughts here? These are your Dallas Stars for uh, for that matter. They are. Um, some people would say these are my Minnesota Wilds. You know, um, this is uh, this is <laughs> this is no, this is an under. Uh, this is an under or nothing for sure. Um, 
Stars just need to get goaltending because they're not giving up a ton. They just need to get good goaltending. That's basically all it comes down to. Um, I will say, though, the Wild have kind of dropped off a little bit defensively, but, like, they're also not generating much of anything anyways. So, it's yeah, it's definitely an under or nothing for me. Um, also, don't care to get involved with the Wild here and not necessarily going to lay it with the Stars who are struggling to keep the puck out of their net a little bit. So, yeah, just... Uh, Stay away game, stay away game for me, but I do agree that it's under or nothing. Since the start of December, these teams rank one and two expected goals against even strength. I just yeah, last like last, they I played the other night, week or two. The it's a small sample, but like the Wild yeah. have started to like drop off a little bit, but they were also playing at yeah, such yeah. a insane rate defensively that it, obviously it's hard to keep that. Yeah, and it's like they All played right. the other night, and their game had like under four expected goals in the entire game. Um, something right around there. But yeah, it's just this should be a very low event game. Final game of the night here that we'll take a look at the Colorado Avalanche hosting Vegas minus 142, Vegas plus 132, a total of six and a half right now. If you shop around, you can find some plus money on the over six and a half there. You're looking at mostly minus 110, minus 111s on the under six and a half. Now, this uh, Vegas team has been a team that I think our Edgeworth show, as, as well as the chat, has had tough times with whether it's betting on them or against them. Considering this total and this uh, the, the sides where the number's at right now, Moretto, what are your thoughts on the game? Is there any way you get involved in this one at all? Mm, no. I'm uh, <laughs> not interested in, uh, in the Knights at all here, um, and I definitely... Have learned my lesson just betting against them on this show just not something i care to do uh with any sort of frequency i do think the abs are the right side here and i do think maybe it's a tad short i think there is a little bit of value in the abs um but i just just can't uh just can't actually pull the trigger here and the fact that they're you know not exactly getting the goaltending necessarily either uh, makes me a little bit wary to lay this sort of price against a team like Vegas, but obviously Vegas a little bit shorthanded here too. And yeah, I just, I honestly, nothing total is kind of where it should be. I have no interest in the total. Um, if anything, the only thing I'd maybe have a lean on is Colorado here, but I have not laid it and uh, I'm not going to. Matt, are you getting involved in this game at all? Too many unknowns. Um, are we going to get Aiden Hill tonight? Like that's certainly possible, I think unless I missed something this morning, like I, I have no desire to kind of bet his first game back um, in a, what, three weeks, four weeks, like mm -hmm. just no interest. Should be a good game, but no interest in getting involved. All right. Yeah, well, that'll do it for the games. Look at all the tonight. injuries too. There's both sides yeah. have a bunch of injuries, yeah. but it's just, yeah, yeah. not down. Now sit back. Watch there's a couple of questions in the chat. Uh, want to answer these here uh, as well. Also, Moretto, <laughs> um, you're happy the Habs faded got signing guys like Dubois and Huberdeau. I know that those were some that were uh, taking a look at, but now you're kind of hearing some rumors about there about a guy like Trevor Zegris. Is Zegris a guy that you'd want on this Habs team? Is that a guy that you'd be willing to trade assets for to go out and acquire and bring into Montreal right now? I have right. no interest in bringing Trevor Zegras to Montreal. I think there are 31 teams in this league that should not want to be trading for Trevor Zegras. Um, this is a guy who has social media skill. That's basically what he is. He's a perimeter player. He's a guy that people who don't watch hockey think is incredible. They see a clip of him pulling off the Michigan and pulling off some sweet moves. And they're like, this guy is unreal. 
It's a guy my little cousins would love. He's not a guy I want on my hockey team. He's a guy who has a stunning sense of entitlement for someone who has done nothing in this league. Um, he's proved to be a little bit of a piece of shit with who doesn't necessarily respect some of his peers on the ice. I haven't, I, I just, the entitlement, the everything surrounding this guy, um, he's not a guy I want. And like, people are like, we'll say stuff like, oh, come on, you wouldn't trade like a fifth round pick for him. That's stupid. Obviously you would genuinely no, Cause he's a guy you have to pay. You, he's a guy you have to have on your roster. He's a guy you have to have in your locker room. I do not want him on my team. I do not want to pay anything for him. I do not want to take him for free because it's not, yeah, sure. He's a talented player, but he's just not someone you are going to win with. And you look at the Habs and see what they're building here with like what Marty's done and how he's gotten everyone to buy in. Guys are playing a 200 foot game. Guys are putting the team ahead of everything else. He's not a guy who's going to buy into a system like that. I don't care what you're giving up for him. You, you just don't want him in the locker room. You don't want him on the ice every day with the team. You don't want that kind of attitude. And it's it's infectious and it kind of, you know, seeps through to other guys. You, I have no interest in bringing this guy to Montreal. Um, I don't think there are any teams in this league that should really have interest in bringing him over. And I understand that Montreal needs high-end skill, but there are other ways to acquire offensive skill that do not involve bringing this guy over. And I just... God, keep him far away from Montreal, please. I know he, he was buddies with Caulfield back in the day. That's the last thing we need right now. Um, just completely derail Cole Caulfield by bringing Trevor Zegras over. That's what I was going to no ask. Interest. Yeah. No interest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was wondering where you where where you were uh, kind of lying with the uh, whole Zegras Caulfield friendship relationship going on there, reuniting those two. Thought maybe that would be a perfect opportunity for you guys out there in Montreal. God. Please no. I have no, I have no interest in this. Just none. All the shit he's done. Every reason. Every time he's made headlines, aside from like the mission goal, um, which again I don't give a shit about. Like congrats, like congratulations. You have sweet hands. Like you know, so does Pavel Barber. That guy's not in the NHL. I, there's a lot of guys that have good hands that I don't want to fucking play so on. So does Swaggy Pig. Um, yeah. Like I couldn't care less that he's got sweet hands. It's every time this guy's making headlines, it's for something negative. Um, you know, the holdout is, is one thing that people will criticize him for the holdout. Like I, I get that the contract stuff gets a little messy sometimes, like whatever, but the other stuff, you know, he had that incident last year with JV goal or two years ago. Um, there were, there were, there have been many things that he's been the Troy Stetcher thing. Like there have been many instances where he's just made headlines for all the wrong reasons. Um, he's got a shit attitude and he's just. I, I want no part of him. Uh, I have no interest in having him on my team. And I think that uh, the Ducks are very smart to try and shop around and try and get something right now. Matt, you want him uh, in New York? No. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go quite as scorched earth there. But no, so I actually got the stats last night, right? Because Zegers is a New York guy. So naturally people are going to be like, oh, like bring him home. Um, got asked this last night and I said, I think he's the single most overrated player in the entire league because of one singular play. And I don't know the last time I saw one play cause the perception of a player to change like this. Like he, he doesn't do that in Buffalo. Like he's not getting, what is he getting? Five and a half mil, something like that. If it's not for that, he ain't getting that. Like he, and he's got skill. Don't get me wrong, but I think Brett will put it well. Like he's a perimeter player. He's not, necessarily someone that you're going to win especially to get towards the playoffs with like i just yeah the salary is way too high for what you're getting out of them like it's just 
it's the name factor thing. And it was kind of the same issue I had with like the Rangers going after Patrick Kane last year. It's like right. you had to pay more and obviously end up getting it pretty cheap, but like the name is worth something. And if you're bringing in Zegris, you're not paying for what he does on the ice. You're paying for the name factor. Like you're paying extra there, both in salary and in like trade compensation. I just can't, I can't justify what you're getting on the ice for what you'd have to give to get him and pay him. Offense is important. Yeah, I'm not trying to like downplay it. I've, I've been a fan of a Habs team for a long time that struggles to score goals. And I understand bringing in guys who are capable of scoring and capable of producing offense is not like something to take for granted. But at the same time, he's what, a 60-point player? Like 65-point yeah. player? Those guys five are not hard seven, to come five. by. It's hard yeah. to find elite offensive skill. He does not have elite offensive skill. He's not a play driver. He's not a guy who's going to put up 80, 90 points. He's a guy who's going right. to put up 60 points and he'll score some sweet goals and he's got nice hands. So you think that this guy is incredibly gifted and, you know, no, he's not going to drive a line. He's never going to carry a line. Um, he's a guy you're going to need. He's he's a 60-point player. That's what it comes down to. He's a 60-point player being paid over 5 mil who's going to want a lot more than that in his next contract because he's got a very inflated uh, sense of self-worth. And I, uh, I, the team that trades for him, I think, is going to very much regret it. doesn't matter what they give up. That's just, it's just not a guy you want on your team. He also low-key takes a lot of penalties. Because he's got an attitude problem. Like, and they're not yeah, penalties it, you want him to take because he's playing like aggressive and he's playing a physical game. They're penalties because he's whiny and he swings his stick and he trips guys and he's lazy and he doesn't play the game the right way. They're not penalties. Like they're penalties that drive you insane as a coach. Yeah, I just like I I can't get to the cap it here. Obviously, at some point it's gonna go up like way more than this. It's like right now to me, he's like a three three and a half million player. Like, like you are having to pay a premium on him because of the highlights that he has shown, right? Like the Michigan goal, the flip over in Buffalo, like the NHL cover shit, like all of yeah. that adds something to to what he's making and the kind of like the value in bringing him over. But certainly, like he helps sell tickets, right? So that's certainly kind of part of what goes into that. It's just yeah, he excites the younger generation, the guys and that's fine. That's fine. He can score some nice goals, get people excited, and stuff like that. He has no interest in playing at his own end, does not play. He'll never play a 200-foot game. He's not capable. He doesn't want to. He won't buy into something like that. He's a guy who – he's the type of guy who – not to like – this isn't a Leafs thing, but I'm just as, as an example, like where you oh see a game against the Sharks last night where you have a chance to blow a team out. He's a guy that sees, hey, it's point night, and he's going to go out there and play one of the most inspired, best games you'll ever see, and he'll play with the puck against these shit teams and put up five points. And then there comes a game against like a Boston and he's going to be invisible. Like this guy goes four or five games or you don't even notice that he's on the ice. And then, you know, they play a shit, shit team and it's point night. And like, here we go. Here's two goals and an assist. And uh, he feasts on, you know, he feasts on playing teams like that. And uh, I mean, God, if this guy ever makes the playoffs, I think, uh, I think you'll see some, uh, you'll see everything that I'm talking about, but. Yeah, until then, I, I hope he doesn't make it to uh, Montreal. And I think that based on the type of guys Kent Hughes has has gone after um, and the kind of guys that yeah. he's brought in since he's been here definitely does not fit whatsoever. Uh, I don't see Montreal making a play for him, so I don't think we have anything to worry about here. I think that the links are obvious because the Caulfield stuff, but like that's a little bit also lazy. Like, I mean, I'm sure he's buddies with a lot of guys in the league. Um, the Hugheses. You know, yeah, like Kent, Kent Hughes, not, you know, 
not the father of uh of luke and jack and uh, those guys <laughs> yeah. is um is uh is not going to bring him in and even if there was some interest like you look at what anaheim needs in a, in a trade and they don't need defense they're loaded on the blue line they've been drafting a ton of blue liners they have a ton of blue liners right now um all montreal really has to part with right now for offensive players is you know guys on the blue line on the back end so uh there's not even a fit there anyways maybe this is me just making myself feel better and like saying there's no chance but like i genuinely think there's there's no way he ends up in montreal well i mean i have bad news for you here charles brought it up but odds are he shows up on one of your teams there's enough well, there's of them like out 20 there. of them so you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a decent chance he's playing for pretty, one yeah. of your teams <laughs> yeah uh yeah TikTok player i think summed it up perfectly yeah, yeah, he is a TikTok player. Yeah. He's a TikTok player. He's, he's dating yeah, a TikTok, TikTok player. And he's a front runner. Media skill. And he's yeah. a front runner. We talk about like Pierre Dubois kind of being like that. Like Zegers is worse than him. I feel like. Did you did you see the video? Um, that was I like a, a number of people sent to me on Instagram where it was his handshake and like Getzlav was in the background. They're like, this is when Getzlav yes. realized he had to retire. <laughs> yes, it's him and oh, Drysdale. Actually, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was him and Drysdale. <laughs> Zegers does a little yeah. dance after, and you just they just pan to uh, guest last base. He's like, yeah, he's like, this, this is and it it's for me, funny, boys. right? Because I remember it for me, it's not my NHL. <laughs> so I remember the start of last year, and I don't want to misquote this or anything, but I remember seeing an interview that Zegers sat down with Emily Kaplan, and they were talking about a lot of things. And part of that interview was, and like, so part of it was about the goal in Buffalo, but basically the whole interview, none of it, none of it was really, to my knowledge, like I could be certainly forgetting part of it but i don't remember any of that being about oh how do you help the ducks win this year how do you help the ducks be better how do you help this team get to a point where they can contend it was all about how do you do this highlight and that highlight what do you think about when you're trying to do this and what do you think about being someone that all the kids want to be and like all these highlights and it's like that attitude is just not what you see at of nhl players right and it's like I, I get there's there's a divide between like oh everyone kind of wants the players to be more interesting, but at the same time like winning should be the goal, right? And I and I don't want to say it is, but it feels like for a guy like Zegers, it's more about the highlight reel than it is whether they win or not. And and that yeah, is I, just like I, I just don't want that anywhere near my team. Yeah, the other thing too, like the thing I would say is. I know that we're getting like old man yells at clouds here and doing like the whole, he's the TikTok guy, whatever. This stuff is important, especially for the growth of the NHL. And like, if we want revenues to go up, we want salary cap to go up. The stuff matters. We It does need to happen, but it's mm -hmm. like, you, you can't have like one or the other, as you guys are saying, like you kind of, you have to be bought into both. You're going to be this social media person. You're going to be online. You're going to be out there. That's fine. But like, you got to bring it on the other side of things. And it just hasn't been there. There hasn't been the tie-in. There hasn't been enough of a connection from one side to the other. Because, I, I don't know, seeing it myself, like seeing how quickly these things can grow online and seeing how fast this stuff can blow up on social media for these players and then draw eyes to the game, it's amazing. And it can continue to grow the sport. It can continue to bring more money in. But from like an actual legitimate winning perspective, you guys are 100% right. And maybe there's too much emphasis on the blow it up highlight social media side than there is on the actual winning so there are also uh, a lot of guys in this league that i would consider having like tiktok skill right where they're just like very skilled players but somewhat more perimeter players which is fine yeah. there's a lot of guys in the league that can find a home being that guy you don't need to play a physical game not everyone needs to play physical not everyone and needs Aaron's to like, like battle in the corners whatever but like 
when you bring that element, you can't also be an entitled piece of shit. And that's basically what he is. <laughs> and he's out here crying about like Jay Beagle, you know, Jay Beagle beat up my friend Troy Terry. Like nothing was wrong with what happened in that incident. Like you can't also have this sense of entitlement and like about you where like you're untouchable and you can go out and like talk your shit to people. But then when someone fights back, like, God forbid, what are you doing? I'm Trevor Zegers. You can't do this to me. Like, it's just, you can't combine. It's like the worst of both worlds. It's God, what a nightmare. Anyways, I got to so, say, we got to so you brought up Brian. So you brought up Brian Getzlaff, right? And I, and I do remember that video. I feel like the worst thing that's kind of happened for the whole Trevor Zegers thing is being on a team with a ton of young players that is rebuilding, right? Like, I feel like if he was on an older team that could kind of, that had a lot of veterans that was like, look, I get that you have skill and you want to do all the highlights, but this is how you have to play here. I think that would have gone a long way. And it's like in Anaheim, like, okay, you had gets left at the beginning, but who else do you have doing that? Like, they're veterans over there. You look at it, and it's like, at this point, it's what? Like, Gudis, Strom, Vetrano? Like, these aren't the, the guys yeah. that are going to do that, right? It's like, yeah. So his, I think when you first, look at His first, like, full year was was with, like, somewhat gets left. He wasn't there the whole season. And then yeah. he had, like, the other vets were like Kevin Shattenkirk, who like guys hilarious, but yeah. like not exactly like a guy you're gonna, you know, uh that's gonna teach you the ropes in the NHL. It's a guy you're gonna probably have a good time with, but um yeah, no. he's not gonna teach you how to so, be a pro in this league. So I look at it and it's like the comments are starting to pop up with teams. It's like, yeah, I think the like if he was with the Bruins, it'd be different. If he was with Colorado, that'd be different. If he was with Dallas, Vegas, like any of kind of like these older teams with kind of a lot of guys that he can learn from and a lot of guys that would be in his ear it is much different because if he kept playing the same way like it just wouldn't work like they would be like dude you need to fucking change how you play like they like yeah i don't want to say shame him but like they they would force change out of him and it's like in anaheim you're just not going to have Ilya labushkin like causing him to change his style of play like it's just not going to happen so uh i don't know i I do think they probably should try to find a trade for him. Like, I think that's absolutely smart. I wouldn't go after him unless you're a team with like a very solid locker room that thinks you could handle this. And like, they, that's, you, that's the other thing. I don't think, think there's a market for him. Do you think there's a market for him? Cause I genuinely do not think there's much of a market for him. I think that Verbeek is smart to go and try and trade him, but like, I don't think people are going to want him. Um, I think there's a kind of a very different opinion between the casual hockey fans and like the actual like front office people and people in the league. Um, I think he's viewed very differently in those two circles. So, you know, when like, and then obviously there's people like us that kind of fall in between where we're not in either of those categories, but like there's the people that see Zigris is available and are like, Oh my God, who's like, you got to trade for him. And you know, this team needs high end skill. This team needs high end skill. All these teams should be after him. And then the reality is where I think if you actually look at what the market will be like for him, I don't think there will be much of a market. I think a lot of teams kind of realize what he is and realize what he brings to a team. And a lot of GMs aren't going to give much up for that. Yeah. So I I was going to disagree until your very last statement. I, I don't think he would return a whole lot in a trade, but there's always going to be a market for a guy with this much skill. Like, and, and what that is, I agree. Like, I don't think you're going to look at it and get like, you're not going to get first round picks, top tier prospects, all of that shit back for him. But like, I, I do think, especially if like Anaheim were to decide, like we want to move on from him. Like we, we just kind of want to get something like somewhat fair. Right. Like 
I do think there are a lot of teams that, again, you, you got to have the right locker room for him to go in. But like, I, I do think there are a lot of these teams that would look at it and go, we need a guy with this kind of skill. Like we can afford to take a chance on him. Again, you're not giving up all your top prospects and stuff, but like, I, I, I just, I've seen too many examples in the league of guys with this much skill, whether it's that they're a head case, whether it's effort issues, whether it's attitude issues, no matter what it is, like they always find a home. And we don't need to start throwing names out here, but like these guys always find a spot and they always turn up somewhere. Even if we think they're overpaid, they always end up somewhere. Somebody wants them. Somebody thinks they can turn them around. If they do decide that they're going to trade him, they'll find a spot for him. But like as a team training for yeah. it, it's got to be somewhere with the locker room. It, it does have to be a good fit. And I agree. Brian in the chat um, brings up the Islanders who like, you know, I don't think he's a, a loop player. Um, I don't think necessarily that like, but I do think they have the locker room where you bring them around guys like Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Sezikis and, you know, like Anders Lee, um, Kyle Palmieri, Brock Nelson. These guys have been around the league for a while. Matt Martin. I mean, like, you know, maybe they feel like, Hey, we can, straighten him up a little bit and be like all right this is how you want to this is how you have to conduct yourself and if you're not able to do that then like yeah. we don't want you here but again it's not like you're going to be giving up nothing for him right like he's very much a project where you're going to have to believe in your room and believe that you can change him um but if again if you're unable to like you're not it's like not like okay well we're giving up basically nothing to get him so might as well take a flyer this isn't a situation where you're just taking a flyer on a guy this is a situation where you're gonna have to pay up so I don't know. I think there's a lot more risk involved than uh, than just like some of these other guys where you're just going to try and these reclamation projects like a Galchenyuk where you're going to hope you can turn them around for nothing. Yeah. The other it's thing gonna, is Brian saying like make him into a two-way player. He, yeah, make him into a two-way player as well. Don't think that that's happening. I think that the more realistic sense is what Moreto said where you're just going to kind of shape the guy up into like this is how to be a professional and this is how you conduct yourself it's it's not gonna be you're going to become this type of player it's just you're not going to be such and such player off the ice or this guy mm -hmm. who acts in a certain way off the ice like that's not who you are anymore you're going to be this way and fall into line here but i don't i don't think he's going to be a two-way player like i don't think that's where yeah. that no. kind of transforms so into and the last part of it, and Connor kind of just touched on it, and it's like, I think this is kind of what helps to keep the price of trading him down, is not only the fact that he's a free agent in a couple of years, but that this contract may be seen as too expensive, right? So, like, I think if you're looking at that, like, I think that helps to keep the trade costs down to a degree. And it's like, obviously, Anaheim's not going to eat the money when they're trying to rebuild, but, like... I don't know. I, I still think if they if they're gonna try to do it, there there's a trade out there. Like somebody is gonna want him. Like I, I just I don't I don't think there's zero market. But no, I don't think he's like in a couple of years is he gonna get paid eight million, like seven million? Like that'd be crazy. Like it's well, just, it depends on the I mean, yeah, it depends on how the next. It also depends on how the next yeah. couple of years shape up for him, right? Yeah. Like, how do these play out? Yeah. Because I mean, right now he's not even gonna he's not even on pace to be a fifty point player this year. So if he keeps that up then uh i mean definitely not looking yeah. at eight and he's definitely not even looking at an upgrade from what he's making now yeah he's got seven yeah. points in 20 games this year and i know he was out for a while but that's uh again all these things are just kind of they are keeping the trade value down so it's like i do think at some yeah. point especially if he continues to struggle like there there's a fit out there uh all right let's move off of this we'll go to wrap up the show here luke uh 
I'm going to butcher the last name. I apologize. Luke Goder is here asking, boys, love the show. Quick question. I use Money Puck for expected goals and other stats. Do you have any or do you recommend any other sites? I'm looking for something that can tell me expected goals over the past five games, etc. Thanks. Are there any other sites out there that you guys would recommend for any statistics like this? Uh, anything that you guys look for to help with your own analytics? I um I pretty much strictly use evolving hockey. Um, you know, no free ads, whatever. But uh, I I have a subscription there. I pay for. I I do think it's very much worth paying for evolving hockey. I think their stats are a lot more accurate. Um, I know a lot of people use Natural Statric, which is free, um, which is solid. But I think evolving hockey is a lot lot better and a lot more accurate and yeah i pretty much exclusively use that anything for you Matt? Anything I, yeah i i used nst for a while i actually got recommended to switch to evolving hockey from someone who may or may not be hung over on the show today um and i pretty <laughs> much exclusively use that at this point as well all right so there you go hopefully that helps luke uh final thing this was from early in the chat as soon as we started the show I just had to hold this one on. Connor saying, many are saying the Leafs don't have that championship pedigree after not hitting the brass rail hard enough with that seven-goal performance last night. Connor, I think this might actually go the opposite way. I don't know if they have the championship pedigree. I would argue actually likely they don't have the championship pedigree, but this screams to me that they hit the brass rail as hard as you possibly should have hit the brass rail. And they came into last night's game feeling pretty guilty, knowing that they were going up against San Jose and had to perform. So I'm thinking that they went out. They had a time. Willie was throwing bills everywhere. That fake Canadian maple syrup smelling money uh, all over the place. And I think that the team probably enjoyed themselves. Rumor uh, is they, saying uh, Mitch Marner they is the best player in the NHL now. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We've got 18 they, uh, months to do that. They saw G-Stack George there last night, I heard. They ran into him. <laughs> no Stacks, is, George. Uh, no Stacks, George. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, well, that'll do it for today's show. Let's recap the best bets here really quickly. We have three for tonight, two in one of the games here. Uh, Jordan, you know what? Actually, I'll do that. I'll do. I'll make a list here today. I saw, I saw Jeremy ask it as well. Top three TikTok players in the league. I'll put out a list. We'll put out a list here on the uh, Edgework YouTube shorts. We'll, uh, we'll formulate well a list in this a... chat. Maybe we need like maybe yeah. we need one of those tiers things of like just how like maybe there's like a TikTok player, maybe there's like an Instagram player, maybe you know. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but yeah, Jordan asking. Stay tuned. List coming later today. On find that on all socials. Uh, as well as here on YouTube in the short section. But for tonight's picks, we got three. First of all, we're going to take the Montreal Canadiens money line plus 159 for a full unit there. Full unit on all these plays, actually. Then we're also going to take the Habs Flyers under six plus 103. And then finally, the Wild Stars under six and a half minus 115. Those are our three players, uh, three plays for tonight. Uh, you can track all of these in the bet stamp app in the find better section as edgework hq make sure to check that out if you are looking for show updates edgework hq on twitter make sure to check that out as well check head on over to hammer.bet www.thehammer.bet to see all the other shows and content that we have any betting guides any advice anything like that uh throughout the course of the season you can find it all there for any sport make sure to check that out thanks to everyone who tuned in here today matt thanks for not uh thanks for showing up not hung over moretto 
I expected nothing less. I, I assumed you were going to show up hungover. It makes sense that you did, but you know what? Just like the Leafs last night, you showed up and you played a solid game despite no matter how many drinks were consumed the night before. So uh, I appreciate that out of you. Look forward the to question is, did Moretto's beer league team play better than the Sharks last night? <laughs> Probably, guys. That Sharks oh. team was god-awful. That was a bad, team, that was uh, a bad, the... bad, bad team. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're pretty rough. Yeah, that's that was a tough. Oh, tough we forgot to do. To we forgot to go into the sharks a little bit, so we can do this really quick. Halfway through the yeah. year, sharks are forty-one games in. They have twenty-one points. How many points do you think they have the rest of the season? So it's forty-one games left. In the last forty-one. They have. Yep. So exactly. How many points do they have in the first forty-one? Twenty-one. Uh, I'll say thirty-five. Yeah. Oh, you're going to say 35 total or 35 uh, 35 more points in the second half. So 35 okay, plus, yeah. so they'll finish the year with like uh, 56. Yeah. See, I was thought I was high on them, and I don't even know that I was going to go that high. I was going to go close oh, no, to that. 30, I was going to go like 30. 35 the rest of the way. 31, 32. Yeah. In the, yeah. In the last 41. Yeah. No, I'm somewhere around there. I was low 30s. I was like 33. Yeah. I, I I think that's probably where they go. You we're gonna see that end of year, like everyone's made their trades and then San Jose pulls out a bunch of wins out of their ass for yeah. no reason. Probably mm-hmm. get some overtime games in there that they lose still. So I think that there's gonna be points that they accumulate. But uh and they have a really tough yeah. schedule coming up. Don't definitely don't think it's time to uh start buying some sharks futures, Matt. I know you were telling Moretto and I you want to do that before this show today, but I would advise against it. Uh, <laughs> Unless that future is worst team in the NHL, worst record in the NHL. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, well, we'll that'll be a lot of sharks puck show. lines in our future. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt, Alex, thanks guys for taking the time to do this. Thanks to everyone in the chat who showed up here today. If you haven't already, please subscribe here to the channel, like the stream, all that good stuff. We do appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow morning, ten thirty a.m. Eastern time for more picks and previews. Enjoy the games tonight. Good luck on your bets.